Yes, indeedy. Miss Nikki Bloom, y'all. That was a little set from our uh, guest today on Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond. Nikki Bloom, you heard from the top of the hour off of Avondale Drive Feel with Carl Denson of Tiny Universe. And after that was Battle Chain Rose from uh, their 2018 Two Rise You Gotta Fall. And that last song right there, that powerful and empowering really anthem for all women mother's daughter love it uh i want to make sure welcome to our series miss nikki are you on the line i'm here yes hey thanks for having me oh man thank you thank you so much for joining us uh it is such an honor and i gotta tell you i've been following you for a while now and uh i'm just like tickled pink I, I'm talking to you, so thank you. Uh, Aww, yeah. <laughs> it's our honor. Where are you calling from today? I am in Nashville, um, at home. Home in Nashville. Really nice. And how yeah. are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just, uh, you know, waking up Sunday morning, having some coffee, getting the day, uh, my head wrapped around the day, you know. I love Sundays, so. Sundays are I'm good feeling days. Good. Awesome. Well, I know it's a gorgeous late summer day here in Lincoln, and uh, we just couldn't be happier to have you with us. And congratulations on that Avondale Drive. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you so much for uh, spending time with it and, and playing it. It's it's a uh, just top to bottom such a good release with a huge variety. And before we really like dive right into the album, um, I'd like our listeners to get a little better idea of. Kind of where you've been, how you arrived on Avondale Drive, even if you've since relocated. Um, you know, I first became aware of you from my sister who lives in Mar- uh, Marin County, Marin County. And um, she said, have you ever heard of Nikki Bloom? Like, no. And like, oh, my Lord, I was wow. And that was right after To Rise You Gotta Fall came out. And I was just hooked from the beginning. You know, I've, I've done a little bit of internet, internet sleuthing. <laughs> and um, I could... You know, I, I kind of know uh, what I what I understand is you've been really through a year, few years, four or five years of a very transformative time. It sounds like quite a process. And I think your story could be really inspirational, encouraging for others to hear if you wouldn't mind sharing. Yeah, sure. First of all, I, I love that your friend in Marin told you about my music. And I just that's such a special place for me. I love Marin County. Um so that's really cool. And that's definitely where I spent a lot of, of, of time in my formative musical years, playing a lot. Uh, Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead had a restaurant slash music venue in San Rafael called Terrapin uh, Crossroads. And I spent a lot of time playing music there with him um, and with my own band and a lot of time spent in San Francisco, which is really where you know I first put my band together. And, um, you know, I think the first show that I played in San Francisco with a live band was 2008. So it's been a good, you know, coming up 15 years of doing this. And there has been a lot of transition and a lot of change and a lot of growth. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly really happy to, to still be doing it and, um, you know, to have learned from a lot of the journey that I've, I've been on good and bad, you know? And it seems from what I, you know, kind of, I don't know, gleaned from listening to more of your catalog besides uh, Rise You Got to Fall and 
uh, Avondale Drive, your lyrics are personal and very, uh, seems to be kind of close to your heart. But I know that you haven't always uh, been a songwriter. At one point, you kind of saw, I think, saw yourself as uh, more of a vocalist interpreting other songs. I'm, I'm wondering how that transition happened from um, what inspired you or motivated you to write and, and record your own music, your own songs. Yeah, I, I think that I just, you know, discovered my voice before I discovered, you know, the craft of, of songwriting. Um, and so, there was so much time that I spent studying other singers and other performers and vocalists, um, you know, anywhere from like Whitney Houston to Linda Ronstadt and, and their skill at interpreting other people's words and making it seem really personal. And, mm-hmm. and it is really personal because, you know, you can obviously connect to somebody else's words um, and, and kind of make them your own. But I started writing, um, you know, I was encouraged by by friends and, and mentors, you know, to start writing my own songs. And the first song I wrote is called Toby's Song, and it actually became the title track of my first record, Toby's Song. Um, and it was about my dog. So, you know, I, it started sort of innocently just responding to the moment, talking about what I cared about. Um, and at that time... I was working at a ranch and I was with my dog all day, every day. And I was starting to transition out of that kind of work and, um, doing more, you know, musical stuff. And I started to leave my dog a lot more and felt kind of bad about it. So I I started writing as, as a form of catharsis and that, you know, evolved over time and changed, you know, inspiration, but you're right. I, I do write, um, pretty personally and pretty much from my experience. Well, I, I want to acknowledge your gift. You know, you can express yourself, but it in, and it connects so well to like these universal themes. I think anyone with a a beaten heart can relate to. It's it's so relatable, even though it's personal. And that is such a gift that uh, not all songwriters have. Uh, just to give you a little kudos there. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I, I, I love your songwriting. Well, let's take a little stroll down Avondale Drive. Um, now, compared to Taraji Got a Fall, um, to my ears, it it has a oh, and a deeper sense of, I don't know, serenity. You know, you got that um, sweet surrender and mm-hmm. um, playful uh, with uh, be friends and friends how we do it. And um, then, but you're not really afraid to take on pretty serious subjects like mother's daughter. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, if you could, if you could speak to some of those songs and uh, the process of of that writing this album for this album. Yeah, I mean, Friends was probably the earliest song that I wrote for the track and, or, sorry, for the record and. Um, you know, I had just moved to Nashville and I ha- had just come out of a very long uh, relationship. A marriage had ended and I was suddenly, you know, in my late 30s and back in this like dating pool, which felt really uncomfortable. Not only was I in a, you know, brand new town 2,000 miles away from my family and my friends and everything I knew, but I was also 
single again and I hadn't been for so long so that song is definitely just you know I'm glad you heard the playfulness in it because it really was me just trying to understand like how to how to be with the opposite sex and you know can we be friends do we need to be friends you know so it's really just me unteasing that that process for myself um and it's interesting you mentioned Sweet Surrender because that was probably one of the last songs that I wrote mm. for the record. Um, and that was, you know, mid-lockdown, mid summer of 2020, and just feeling, you know, these really little feelings that I think we all had of extreme unknown mm-hmm. um, and wanting to, you know, find control and have control over outcome and make plans and all the things that, you know, keep our ruminating minds busy normally, we couldn't do anymore. Um, and it was just an effort to talk myself off a ledge of like, okay, there's there's things you can control and then there's just things that you can't. And I think, you know, trying to remember the things you can't control is the hardest and also the most rewarding when you finally surrender to it. And so that, that was kind of sweet surrender mm-hmm. for me, writing a mantra that I needed to hear myself. And usually, you know, when I'm writing something that I need to remind myself of, I figure, well, gosh, somebody else must need to hear this too. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, mother's daughter that just came, you know, uh, I was watching the news when Christine Blasey Ford was, you know, um, bringing to the attention the Brett Kavanaugh uh, mm-hmm. into the Supreme Court and her objections to that and her truths about that and, you know, just how there's still so much doubt in truth, uh, in people's truth. And, you know, it it was upsetting because, you know, people who call out uh, situations like that, you know, she was putting herself in great danger, um, you know, opening herself up to death threats and opening herself up, you know, her family up to exposure and then not being believed. Um, it just, it was triggering for me because it's just the same story that's been going on for so long, you know, women coming out and speaking their truths and being questioned about it. And, um, you know, I'm not for any kind of cancel culture. I'm not for, you know, um, you know, I I think that it's important to listen to people when they speak. And I think it's also important to understand that we are imperfect as humans. And um, sometimes just acknowledging a wrong is enough to work towards making it right. So that was a song inspired by, by, you know, Christine Blasey Ford and and Brett Kavanaugh and and the many stories that came before it and will follow. Um, Just, you know, it's it's interesting how, um, you know, how how hard it can be to hear somebody's story without judgment. Yeah. And how important it is to, like you said, just just listen without judgment and how freaking sad that it's still... And, and such a an issue with uh, the Me Too and uh, acknowledging, uh, you know, they don't. Nobody's going to bring that on themselves unless they really feel strongly about speaking up. And for yeah. goodness' sake, listen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. 
Well, you know, the album strikes me also as being so varied in um, kind of topics and musical stylings. And obviously you have some awesome collaborations on it. And I'm wondering, I know how it was created, but I'd like you to, my sense is that, that it wasn't necessarily intentional until you started bringing the people on board. But if you can tell folks how you created, it was truly a pandemic album. Correct. Yeah, we started um, here in Nashville. We were living in East Nashville at the time, and my partner Jesse Wilson, who ended up producing the record, set up a, just a, a modest um, recording situation in our in one of the bedrooms of the house, and we couldn't get into the studio because we were all on lockdown, and we couldn't really do any kind of you know collaborative stuff because everybody was isolating and we just started making demos in our house and you know the idea was let's make demos and then we'll be ready for the studio when we can do it when we can go in and you know that just kept not happening and not happening and the demos actually were starting to sound really good and we were pleased with what we were getting at the house and we also knew that a lot of our friends um, and also fellow musicians were in the same situation of you know, setting up musical stations in their house and being able to record and, and getting gear and starting to, you know, just play around recording music at home. And mm-hmm. we started sending tracks off to our friends to play drums or play bass. And, you know, everybody was really excited at the idea of collaboration because I think we were all just craving, you know, some kind of contact and intimacy and creativity. And so for us, the the pandemic ended up, you know, having a bit of a silver lining, which was all of our friends who are also happen to be great musicians were home and um, really wanted to collaborate creatively. So, you know, people who would normally be on the road, Carl Denson, Oliver Wood, Jay Bellaros, you know, um, Eric Slick, like all these people who would normally be too busy were really just craving uh, community and create creative connection. So it worked in our favor in that way. It certainly did. And, and the accessibility and how, um, oh, obviously not desperate, but how, how, how much we all long for that connection when if, you know, the isolation that we all felt in different levels for different degrees. And, um, so the joy I can imagine, right. Of, of connecting and creating with, really cool people that the opportunity would not have been around any other time. Yeah, that's right. And it also gave us something to look forward to. You know, you'd get tracks sent back and you'd open your computer in the morning and you'd be like, cool, we got, you know, we got saxophone from Carl. Let's drop it in. Let's see how it sounds. And so there was stuff to look forward to, which I think we really needed during that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's great when you can open up your email and be excited. <laughs> yeah. It was like a little little mini Christmas. Yes. Ooh, open up these boxes. What we got here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I know you have a really, looks like a pretty busy fall lined up. You got some, uh, the festivals of uh, Bristol Rhythm and Roots and Americana Fest. And then you got a run of uh, shows supporting Todd Snyder and Little Feet. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. I opened up for Little Feet a few times this summer already, and mm. it was so fantastic, and the band sounds so good, and that catalog of music is just 
so it's it's one of my favorites. So it's really an honor to get to go out with those guys and hear them play every night. Oh. And they're kind enough enough to bring me along. And I've been sitting in with them too, which is also really fun to get to to sing with those guys. So. Wow. And Todd Snyder is an old friend, and he's just so fantastic. So I feel really fortunate to get to go out and support those guys and, and play the new songs. That would be a hell of a show to catch. Either one, both. That Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if, if anybody's out there that might want to, um, I want you to kind of go over how folks might be able to keep track of you and find out yeah. where these shows might be and what they need to know about your socials and such. Sure. Everything's really easy. It's just NikkiBloom.com, and it's N-I-C-K-I-B-L-U-H-M. And that's the same on Instagram, just at NikkiBloom, Twitter, at NikkiBloom, Facebook, at NikkiBloom. It's all, it's all easy, as long as you can spell, uh, you know, Nikki and Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> that's key, and you just helped that's us the out challenge. there, so we're good there. Well, wow, this is really cool. Uh, we do a wrap it up, but before we go, I'm gonna. I'd like to close with wheels rolling. Uh, for me, it it felt like a real a great song of, you know, finding new pathways. Uh, we all, I f- think, everyone at some point in their life is, uh, the like at a crossroads. Like, I, what next? And um, that's what I got from it. I don't know if you want to set that up for it, if that's accurate, and then uh, we'll close out with wheels rolling. Yeah, sure. No, it's totally accurate. Um, it's also about, you know, when you have somebody in your life who's kind of your constant cheerleader and kind of constantly pushing you forward to do something, it's easy to, you know, just do something to please them. It's a different story when you have to keep your internal light lit, you know, and you're your motivator. So it's kind of just was about that and how do I, you know, keep my momentum um fueled by my own will mm-hmm. instead of somebody else's. Kind of like your internal compass without the external push. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. It's a great song. And uh, again, Miss Nikki Bloom, we've been speaking with today and I'm so honored and happy to have you with us. Appreciate your time. And maybe we'll get yes. to see you down at Americana Fest. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Likewise. And here y'all, this is uh, Wheels Rolling by Nikki Bloom.